this is week four of death to willpower. Everybody say death to willpower. Like I said earlier, the whole point of death to willpower is when we, when we are confronted with um, temptation, when we are confronted with things that, um, that, we, that we, are not, we don't want to do in life, like bad stuff and all that, or when we're trying to create good habits or we're trying to be better. The thing about it is we can't do any of those things under our own willpower. It's just, it's just not how it's going to work. If you've ever tried to lose weight and you're like, I'm just going to do it, right? It doesn't work on willpower. It works on environment. Right, or anything else. So you're, if you're like, hey, I'm really going to be better. I'm going to get closer with God. I'm going to read my Bible. It doesn't work with willpower. It works with environment. It works with shifting things, changing things, removing things, and replacing things, and all that kind of stuff. So that's what we've been talking about. Uh, but I got a couple of stories. Story time. These are good ones. Um, and I found these stories in this book called Willpower Doesn't Work. Um, and so there is going to be Bible at the end, but right now there's... Uh, this, there's this wonderful book uh, called Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy that I've been using to kind of supplement this series. And there are some cool stories in there that I wanted to share. Um, and so we're going to share these stories and we're going to build the case for environment. So going back to the, or, the original thought, some people think that your life is an accumulation of circumstance. What neighborhood you were born in, the color of your skin, your gender, uh, the family you were born into, the amount of money your family has, uh, the state you were born into, the country you were born into, right? And then it's the cards you were dealt, deal with it, right? So some people think that's how we are made. Other people think that we are an accumulation of our choices. Make good choices and you'll live a good life, right? And this whole series is kind of about the idea that I don't think we're um, either one of those. I think we're kind of both, but a little bit different. We're actually an accumulation of our environments, but the, cool, the good news is, is that we can choose and change our environment, Okay. So I've used the example over the last couple of weeks as if I, if you moved to Costa Rica for 10 years, you'd probably learn how to surf and you'd probably fall in love with the beach, right? If I made you move to Montana and live on a ranch for 10 years, even if that right now think that seems like the worst possible thing that you could possibly do, after a while, you're going to love riding horses and you're going to have definitely your favorite pair of boots and you're going to, you know, all it's going to change who you are. Does that make sense? Um, just like... Uh, some of you have already experienced this, I'm sure. You have either you're the friend or you have a friend that every time they hang out with a certain friend, they act different. Anybody know someone like that? All right? It's an environment change. And I know some of you act a whole lot different at school than you do here. Because it's an environment change. So, but here's the thing. When I was growing up, I really wanted to be the person I was when I was going to church and while spending time with with my Christian friends and with, with God, right? Uh, but then I go to school and the environment changed and I, it was really hard for me to do that. So what did I have to do? I had to create uh, space for me to be around those types of people more often than not. Amen? So, but let's tell some stories about environment and then I'm going to share with you an environment I would love for us to start creating in our lives. So, in the year, in a world where, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm a voice actor on the side. I don't know if you guys knew that, but um, just kidding. I don't do that. Year 1982. Everybody say 1982. Two years before 1984. Um, <laughs> you're like, what? Okay. So there's this guy named Tony Cavallo. All right. Everybody say, Tony. Tony Cavallo. All right. Hey, Tony. So Tony was working on a 64 Chevy Impala. 
in his garage. Working on the suspension in his garage. Right? So Tony's working on it. Tony cranks that. He just it cranks it a little too hard. And the car falls off the jacks onto him. Falls off the jack stands onto him. The car. So he's, he's, he's pinned underneath the wheel well. Right? Tony is. This is a true story. So, yeah, so don't laugh, okay? So, and Tony died. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so Tony, <laughs> next story. Uh, so Tony is trapped underneath the wheel well. There's a loud noise. Tony's mom runs out. Right, like that. Okay? She's not very coordinated. So she runs out to Tony into the garage, and Tony's stuck under the wheel well. Mom's freaking out. Any of your moms would have freaked out if you're under? Okay. So. Mom's freaking out. Mom's yelling to the neighbors, help, help. You know, this is a, like a 3,300-pound car on top of this dude's chest, okay? Right? Under the wheel well. So mom's waiting. Mom decides, I don't got enough time. So Tony's mom, in this moment of, of hysteria and panic, picks up that portion of the car by herself. This is a true story. I'm not lying to you, I promise. She picks up this portion of the car as the neighbors are running in, and they, they put the jack stands back underneath the car, and she pulls out Tony, and Tony lives to, to tell the story about it. You're thinking, there's no way. What's, what's Tony's mom's name? Anybody know? I don't know either. Let's call her um, Betty. <laughs> Hey, I mean, if she can lift a car that big, she might be Bertha. Okay, but so, so Betty, um, Tony's mom literally runs in here, and because of the environment, what's the environment? She Stress, the, the environment is, is, I have to figure out a way to save my son. Moms will do crazy things to save their kids, right? And so she, all of a sudden, adrenaline, everything, pumping through her body, musters up superhuman strength. It's not like she actually lifted all 3,300 pounds. She's had to get that portion of the car off. So I don't know what that amounts to, but it's a lot more than you think she could lift, right? And so she lifts it enough to, for them to put these jack stands back underneath, um, which if she was just walking out there the next day and was like, that was pretty sick. Let's try it again. She'd throw her back out. She'd bring her back. Like, there's no way you could possibly do that. But the circumstance created the hero. Right? It's like this. I told the story of the Lion King uh, a few weeks ago. And because Nala shows up and tells Simba, like, everyone, it, it, there's no food. It's a famine. Everyone's dying. And everyone's like, ah, it's not bad. Your mom, ah. You know? Simba's like, what? I have to help. The circumstance created the hero. The hero didn't create the circumstance. Does that make sense? So Tony's mom's the real MVP, okay? All right, another story. 1928 Stanley Cup. It's hockey, for those of you that don't know. Everyone's like, is that a NASCAR race? Okay, so he did what in his cup? Okay, so... 1928 Stanley Cup Finals. It's the New York Rangers versus the Montreal Maroons. Hey, yo. 
I thought it said morons at first. Now, that was like, that would have been the dopest name ever. We're the Montreal morons. What's up? Okay. But the New York Rangers versus the Montreal Maroons. The goalie, his name is Lauren Chabot, or something like that. Could have got that wrong, but none of you actually know because it was 1928. So the goalie got smacked in the eye. Why? Because back in 1928, they didn't have to wear helmets. And so this dude was playing goalie without a helmet. Built different back then, okay? And so, uh, so th- their goalie, in the Stanley Cup final, their goalie get this story is actually wild. Uh, their goalie gets smacked in the face with a puck, and he's out. Done. Back in that day, it's 1928. Not everybody's playing professional hockey, so they don't have a backup goalie. They used to have this rule in NHL hockey that you could pull anybody from the stands to play in the game. It just had to be approved by the other coach. So... They're in the stands, there's like an, an all-star goalie, and they're like, can we use him? And the other coach is like, no, you can't use him, right? Because the, right? the coach wants to win. Does that make sense? So what ends up happening is they're, they're, they're racking their brain. They're trying to figure out how they could possibly uh, put someone in goal. They're, they're limited on resources. They don't even have any backups. And so they convince their head coach, who is uh, Patrick Lester, they convinced Patrick Lester, the head coach of the New York Rangers, to sub in and play goalie. And so at 44 years old, he was the oldest player to ever play in the Stanley Cup final. The head coach subs in. And then it gets, this, this story gets crazier. So then in the stands, there's uh, Odie Cleghorn, which is the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, manager or coach, a baseball team. And so he comes down from the stands to coach the team. <laughs> And, and so it's just, it's just this crazy thing. So they sub in their head coach to play goalie. And so they have this game plan. They said, okay, what we're going to do is every time the, the puck passes um, center ice, that, is that the right term? Let's go. I'm goaded. I've never played hockey. But every time the puck passes center ice, that we're just going to smack it back this way to try and keep the puck away from coach as much as possible because we don't want – Coach get nailed with a puck straight to the face, all right? So this is kind of their game plan they had. But the game plan, as they always do, falls apart. It gets crazy. But Coach Lester saved 19 goals in this game. He saved 19 goals in this game, let one through, and they won in overtime and then went on to win the Stanley Cup final. Isn't that crazy? The environment created the hero, right? He had to step up. I'm the coach. I want, my, I want my team to win. 44 years old, Coach Lester, no helmet, no nothing, saved 19 goals. What an animal. So what's the point of telling these stories? Betty's really strong, and <laughs> Coach Lester apparently is good at goalie. Oh, the other part of the story is when he was a professional hockey player back in the day, but he never played goalie, so it was, it was out of position for him. So what's the point of this story? The point of these stories is that our environment shape us. They do. The environment that we're in shapes who we are. We're a whole lot like water, right? You put water in any different shaped cup, and it takes the shape of the cup. Does that make sense? There's this, there was this study that... that um, came out that, I think it was a great white shark, don't quote me on that, but a certain type of shark, maybe all of them, I don't know, 
But if you put a shark in a small tank, it never outgrows the tank. Because it's, it's, like, it's like a product of its environment. But you put the shark in a bigger tank, and all of a sudden it'll grow to its full size. Right? And that's part of the reason that we meet up here, not in the youth room anymore, was one, because it was getting buck wild down there. But the other thing is, I didn't want us to be a shark in a small cage. Or a small, what's it called? Huh? Who knows? We're just going to move on, you know. Uh, the shark cage, the shark kennel. Uh, so, but, but you know what I mean? So we got to have room, room to grow. And so the thing is, science shows through these stories, real life stories, and even like the experiments on, on the sharks, that we are a product of our environment. The environments that we live in will shape who we are. Amen? And so I just have, a, before I wrap it up, I just have a simple solution for us. And we've had solutions like these last couple of weeks. But here's one that I think could really change our lives. And we're just going to talk about it for just a couple of minutes. And then we'll hang out for the rest of the night. But I think one of the things that we could do that could radically change our lives. And this is, you're going to be like, Brett, you're really going to spend all this time talking about this. But bear with me. I think one of the things we could do that could radically change our lives is read our Bible a little bit more than we do right now. And that's the whole point of tonight's message. Is that we're shaped by our, by our environments. When we come to a place like this, you feel different than when you're at school. You feel different than when you're even at home. Like, right? God can do something in an environment. You know, those of you who've been at camp before, camp is different. Camp just feels different. Why? Because it's an environment specifically made for that. And you know that. So you go to camp with an expectation. So you are a part of helping create that environment. Right? And so tonight, the one thing I want to talk about is that if we read our Bibles a little bit more than we do right now, it can be drastic for our development, for our lives. And it could change us from the inside out. It could be life-changing. And we could see a lot of change. Got some scriptures here we're going to read, and then I got, I got some, something else to share with you. But Romans 15.4, if you have a Bible, you can try and keep up. If not, you can just take notes and write these down. Um, but Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement, they provide we might have hope. Right? So everything that was written in the past, this is talking about Scripture. This is talking about the Bible, right? This is Paul writing to the Roman church. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Anybody need hope every once in a while? Something to look forward to? I'm looking forward to even $5 gas. You know what I mean? Like just... Or my brand new Honda Ruckus, you know. I don't care. So, okay, sorry. I, I had to say it. Okay. 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. You know what else is God-breathed? You. 
In the beginning, when, when, when God created humans, when God created Adam, when God created man, he took the dust of the earth and breathed life into it. Right? So what this is saying is that Scripture, and there's another um, Scripture that will tell us that the Scripture is alive and it's active and it's life-changing. Amen? It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I want to get better. I want to be more righteous. I want to, I want to get better at that. I want to live a better life. Hebrews 4.12. says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. You know what a double-edged sword is? Raise your hand if you don't know what a double-edged sword is. Okay. Double-edged sword, you know, like a big sword with it's sharp on both sides? Yeah, that's double-edged. Okay. There we go. It's got two edges. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. One of the prayers that David prays to God is create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit, right? It's kind of along this line. Psalms 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet. The light on my path. Anybody ever feel lost before? Felt like, man, I have no clue where I'm going. I don't know what to do. His word, the Bible, is a lamp for my feet so I know where I'm stepping and a light for my path so I know where I'm going. Psalms 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The series is a series about overcoming temptation. It says, I've hidden your word the Bible, the words, the scripture, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What that's saying is the more that you have the word in you, the less likely you are to sin. I don't know about you, but I know how, how, how detrimental sin is to our lives, and so I'd rather do less of that. You know what I mean? Create an environment where you read your Bible often. It will change your life. I got some Bible stats. You want some stats? There's a study that, um, oh man, I can't remember who did it, but it's a real study. Um, I can't remember who did it, but anyways, let's put up the stats on the screen. Benefits of reading your Bible four times a week. I think the Barna group might have done this. Benefits of reading your Bible four times a week. Loneliness drops 38%. If you read your Bible four times a week, I'm not making these stats up. Barna Group is a very reliable group, and they, they run these stats um, to, it's like, it's it's science experiment, so follow the science, okay? So, um, loneliness drops 38%. If you read your Bible four times a week, anger issues drop 32%. If you read your Bible four times a week, bitterness in relationships drop 40%. If you read your Bible four times a week, alcoholism drops 57%. Hopefully nobody in this room struggles with that, but... It's a good thing to know, I guess. Um, if reading your Bible four times a week, feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. Feeling spiritually stagnant means that you feel, it's like what I talked about earlier, that, that I have doubts, I have unbelief. I don't, I don't know that God's real. I, I feel like I'm just kind of, eh, right? I don't feel God anymore. I don't feel that kind of stuff, right? That drops by 60%. Reading your Bible four times a week, we're getting real. Viewing pornography drops 61%. Reading your Bible four times a week, sharing your faith increases 
And there's actually more studies to show that if you share your faith more, uh, your joy goes up. And if you read your Bible four times a week, discipling others increases 238%. So if you feel kind of stuck, if you feel kind of lonely, if you feel like you don't have a whole lot of hope and purpose in your life, you study show, like, let's just try to read our Bible maybe four times a week. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a lot. So I've created three steps. Not really steps. Three different um, What's the word? It's not coming to me. Three different levels of reading your Bible. Beginner, intermediate, or advanced. Because we're all starting in different places. Amen? Some of you are brand new and you're like, I've never read one word of the Bible. Okay, I have, I have a plan for you. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I, I read it sometimes, but I'm not very good at it. But I try here and there. Okay, i got a plan for you too. And the other one is like, hey, I read my Bible like a decent amount, but I want to read it more. Okay, I have a plan for you too. Okay? Sounds good? So there's three different plans, and this is going to work for everybody. If you're a brand new Christian, you never read your Bible, or if you're not a brand new Christian, you've been a Christian for years, and you've never read your Bible, <laughs> um, pause. Uh, but um, <laughs> here's step one. If, you're, if, you, if you need some help, there's this Bible app that you can get on your phone called the Bible app. It's a version Bible app, and they have every single day a verse of the day. So if you've never read one word of the Bible and you're like, how do I start? Download the Version Bible app and just read the verse of the day four times a week. Sounds good? Or you could read it every day. It's really not that hard. Just open it up, read the verse, and then move on. Pray about it for a sec. So that's step one. Everybody in the room can do this. Okay? So, so start this week. Let's do it. Let's ramp up to camp by doing this. Okay? Uh, number two, if, you're, if you've been a Christian for a while, you read your Bible every once in a while, but you want to get better at it, here's the next one. Bible reading plan. On the same app, the YouVersion Bible app, they have Bible reading plans. And you're like, well, what do I read about? Type it into the search bar. Type in uh, peace, and there's a Bible reading plan about peace. Type in anxiety, and there's a Bible reading plan about overcoming anxiety. Uh, type in anger issues, right? For our young men, type in uh, be a man. And there's, there's, there's Bible. I'm not joking. You can find Bible reading plans for all of it. You type in how to tell my friend to be a man. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But type in whatever you want in, in what, you're, what you're struggling with, what you need, and there will be a Bible reading plan for it. What's the, what the Bible reading plan is is there's maybe three or four scriptures, an idea, like a pastor writes down this kind of thing, and you, have, you even have a discussion board. So you could send it to a friend. Hey, can we do this together? Accountability, four times a week. Sounds good? If you're like, I do Bible reading plans. I'm pretty good at reading my Bible. I want to get better. Last step, a chapter a day. If you're like, I want to get real good at reading my Bible, read one chapter of the Bible a day, and, uh, and you'll get there. Be really good. Sounds good? I, just, I know this message wasn't like, oh, run down the altar. But if, if, we, if we get these, if we start this doing this, you saw the statistics, right? Loneliness drops 38%. Like all these different things that we struggle with, feeling spiritually stagnant drops 60%. So we're going to start reading our Bible as much as we can. Amen? If you don't have a Bible, we have them in the back. 
And so after service, why don't you just run back there and say, like, hey, can I have a Bible? And we will give you a Bible. You can write your name in it. You can keep it forever, okay? Um, or if you have a cell phone, uh, a smartphone, you can download the YouVersion Bible app, and it's on there. So for those of you that are just getting started, just read the verse of the day, every day. For those of you that are a little more advanced than that, let's read Bible reading plans. Send it to a leader. Send it to your friends. Read it together, right? And those of you who are like, I just want more and more, read a chapter a day. If you're already there, read two chapters a day. Does that make sense? And we're going to get better together, and we're going to create an awesome environment. Our lives are going to get better before our very eyes. Amen? Uh, why don't we stand up? Let's pray uh, together. And then, uh, yeah, also remember, if you're not going to camp, we won't be having youth next week. We'll be gone at camp. And so uh, if you're not going to camp, you, we'll see you in two weeks. If you are going to camp, we'll see you on Monday. Okay, Monday at what time? Oh, my gosh. 8.30. 8.30. If you show up at, listen, I said it last time, but if you show up at 9.30, tell your parents to keep on driving and meet us there, okay? Because we will be gone. 8.30, we're leaving at 9, okay? Hey, I love you guys. Uh, the reason I talk about stuff like this uh, is because I, I really care about each and every one of you. If you've known me, for, uh, me or Danielle for a number of years, you know that we actually do care about you. We want the best for you. Um, and so... Uh, I think this is step one. Let's read our Bible more, and let's see if those stats are real, okay? And uh, I, I kind of want to I want to see. I want to say bet. Let's try it, okay? Um, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for who you are, how much you love us, how much you care for us. God, help us to lean into you a little bit more. Help us to create an environment, um, God, where we could thrive and we could be the best version of ourselves. God, you said that we are created in your image, and so our goal, God, is to be more and more like you each and every day. And so help us to take the right steps to do that. And so this week, God, help us to get better at reading our Bible, whether it's the verse of the day, a reading plan, or reading a chapter a day. Um, help us to do it in community and invite our friends to do the same. So we worship you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.